Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandslots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. Support the podcast on Patreon by joining the It's All Cobblers to Me fan club. Every month, you'll receive access to exclusive bonus content, such as our Meet the Staff series, hear our player interviews before anyone else, and be invited to regular meetups. By joining the fan club, you'll be helping us to continue our sponsorship of NTFC women's player Abby Bruin and enable us to keep the podcast and all our other content going to the high standards you expect. To join the fan club, go to patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me. Seven games, seven glorious games. Brain again, and he's got it! Gavin was closing in, oh, Gavin has scored! Abdul Osman against Brad Jones to put Liverpool out of the cup and not after three! Hello and welcome to It's All Cobblers to Me. I'm Charles. Danny's here. Hello. And so is Jeffy. Hello, hello. Hello, hello, hello. And today we're looking back at the Cobblers pre-season results. Yes, we're looking back at the seven friendlies that will probably have no reckoning whatsoever (laughs) on the season ahead. Yes. (laughs) It's going to be a fun one. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> What's no, your favourite got... ever friendly, Charles? Oh, <laughs> Do you remember? Oh, that's a good. That's a good question. Favourite? We played Arsenal in the nineties, didn't we? Oh was no, that, that was reserves. Uh, yeah, that was a reserve game when Tony Adams and Nigel Winterburn played, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. it wasn't a friendly then. That was that an no, actual reserve league. That game, was an actual reserve it? game. That was that was a glory days of reserve team football. Oh, that was loved it. Yeah. Absolutely loved it. That was that was when I would have been first getting into watching the Cobblers. Yeah. I think that you got in free as season ticket holders, didn't you, as well? Yes. There used to be a group of us that went and that were like they were singing and everything. It was a proper was... like a proper game, wasn't it? Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. I remember Raymond Van Dulaman was the star of the show. <sighs> he was your fa- every oh, cobbler's fan's favourite reserve player, wasn't he? <laughs> he was the greatest reserve player there's ever lived. 
<laughs> so true. Uh, I remember playing Chelsea once, oh, and yeah. I, I I don't know why, and I can never remember who it was, but there was a brand new signing that Chelsea had signed that summer, and he either broke his leg playing for us, or at least picked up a serious injury in the friendly at Sixfields, which meant that he was basically out for at least the first half of the season for Chelsea. I remember that, but I can't remember who it was. I just no. remember thinking, oh dear, <laughs> that's yeah. not good. Yeah, Come to never, I can never remember who it was. If you know who it is, let us know, because I, I always forget who this is. So for some reason, I always thought it was Kasiragi, but it wasn't, because I think he got injured somewhere else. Mm. Um, but yeah, I, I just remember from that game is um, Zola just being ridiculous. Being, being, being so Zola. Good. Yeah, just being like one of the yeah. best players I'd ever seen live. And this was a friendly match. So mm. um, that was good. I enjoyed the Sheffield United game a few years back because that was... Well, got we to meet got, old, to got to meet old Chris, Chris Wilder, Wilder and Alan Neal, didn't we, that yeah. day? It was yeah. a Nicky Adams. occasion. And Nicky yeah. Adams, yeah. It was yeah. a great day out, that one. Um, I remember getting absolutely dicked at Sixfield by <laughs> Wimbledon. <laughs> was it like a 7-2 or something? That was the that? Same, I think that was the same summer as the Chelsea dicking. Oh, was it? We got absolutely hammered by everyone. I think that's that preseason. It was a dreadful set of preseason results, from what I remember. Yeah. Uh, just. I, 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 what about you, Jeffy? Have you ever been that interested in the friendlies? So I went to a friendly a few years back. I travelled oh. all the way up for a friendly. <laughs> it was Gary Johnson's side. I phoned Sean and said, "This is a great <laughs> side," and we got relegated. <laughs> So my view of friendlies are... Ne- nearly got not- relegated. We didn't actually get relegated. Wow. Well, Thankfully. But yeah, it was uh, pretty pretty horrific. Um, so my track record of friendlies ain't great. However, I have strong feelings about friendlies, so I actually do think they matter. Okay. I think the psychological impact of not having a good preseason is very detrimental to clubs. And I think it's really important. Um, and a lot of people don't agree with that. And I'm, that's fine because, you know, everyone can have a different opinion. But I've been very mm. much brought up like that because Sean himself always, always always said this is so important because you've got to be able to bed in and, and gel a little bit with, with your team. And actually this year for us has been quite tricky, isn't it? Because we've had a few um, of the isolation things. So whether that plays into our hands or not, I don't know. Um but it is just, it's very difficult season, I think, to measure the friendlies on. So we could be into quite a, a I think what we're going to have is quite a haphazard first few weeks of the season in terms of placements of teams where they should be expected to fall or not. Because we're going to have a lot of, uh, I call it the COVID hangover, where there's going to be a lot of isolation stuff going on, isn't there? So there's going to be a little bit, yeah, it's going to be very haphazard, I think. But I think, I do think friendlies are very important. I think it's really important to to get that real sense of of the club that you're you're signed for, if you've signed, or, or actually the players that you're playing around. I, th- I do think it's really important. I've always looked at it and gone, I, I, like I agree with you, actually, and I think that, there is a question, isn't there, as to whether or not they are important or, or which, when, when a club comes to doing pre-season and when they look to sort of see, right, who are we playing? Obviously, for a lot of clubs, and I'd probably say 99% of clubs will do this, where they will simply go and play friendlies that will make the club money. 
So one of the, you know, this is like the big clubs in the Premier League, obviously now these days go and do these big, massive like tours, don't they, to America or China or, you know, these these huge places where they get huge crowds. And it's all about the money. That's that's what it's for, isn't it? Um, with us, this preseason, playing both Forest and Birmingham at home and West Ham as well, although I, I don't know what the attendance was like uh, for the away fans for West Ham on that particular occasion, but both Forest and, and Birmingham brought quite large contingents of away fans, didn't they? So that will have filled our coffers quite nicely, which I think is really good. But the other side of it, and the, the side that I like to look at it on, is actually, I think to myself, what you really want is to have that confidence, as you said, Jeffy. If you can, if you can go and have five or six games where you win, Every single one. And I'm not saying, you know, it doesn't have to be comfortably every single time. We don't want to play Silby Rangers every game in pre-season. But if you are winning those games, then that those wins breed confidence. And you go into that first game of the season on a high, having won games and been scoring. So you're in that situation where all your players go in there and go, yes, we can score goals. Yes, we can win games. And it just in my mind, psychologically must do the world of good for you. Whereas if you go and play, you know, teams that are much harder, you know, much better than you are. So a bit like we did with West Ham, Nottingham Forest, Birmingham City. I mean, yes, we beat Birmingham, but we lost to both West Ham and to Nottingham Forest fairly comfortably. I mean, I wasn't at either game, but it sounded like nobody was going, oh, we should have won those games. it was a fairly easy win for both. So I wonder how much actually that really helps with any momentum. What's the point in doing that? In terms of losing, you mean? Yeah, I, I don't see what the point is. If you're going to go and... I, I, I know that you could go and win those games, but... I think it's more it's more challenging yourself, isn't it? And you, you're going to face a, a lot of different types of team especially in League Two during the season. Um, there's going to be teams that press you. There's going to be teams that play long ball. There's going to be teams that play like play tippy-tappy, tick-a-tacker, hula-hoopy football um, <laughs> around <laughs> you. <laughs> um, and I think we've done pretty well, actually, this preseason in terms of the balance of what we've got. We've got like away games against non-league teams. We've got decent tests at home that are going to actually draw fans in as well. Because you want you don't want home games that are going to be empty. Because we what was that game we played? Did we play Newport or something at home, weirdly? When we were in, in League One, that's, yeah, that's oh, yeah, I went to that one. Yeah, so we were we were in League One and they were in League Two, and it's usually yeah. usually it's the lower league team that's at home, but we were at home, and it was just odd. Um, so I don't think you get a lot from that kind of game, but I do I do think we get quite a lot in terms of shape and fitness and things from the games against the Championship clubs um, and whatever West Ham's team was. It was a bit of a thrown together squad, wasn't it? But I think we've done all right actually in terms of. What, what you want out of pre-season. It's not been a disaster, but it's not been um, something that we're going to look back and think, you know, it was too easy or anything like that. So, Like that time we went to, was it Spain we went to and won every game about 20-0? Yeah. And it was just pointless. That was fun though. <laughs> it was. Like, fans fun tried nearly get on, not only got on, didn't they? Um, I do think we've done well in terms of getting players in early because 
from the start to the finish of pre-season, it's not actually changed that much. And I think that's something we haven't seen in recent years. We've got players in and we've got the squad. We can pretty much name the side for Saturday at the moment. Mainly because um, there's like four players isolating. But well, yeah, yeah but, but, um, but you know what I mean? We've got a lot of signings in early June, mid-June, and they've had that time mm. to bed in and come in and hit the ground running in pre-season and start that togetherness early whereas in the past we've had people right up to deadline day coming in like five or six new players in august and it just takes its time all the time yeah like we have the same old thing in august oh give them time to gel all this kind of thing and they've had a good amount of time and you can see it already i think that that they're starting to get the patterns right and stuff so i think it's promising i also think as well that um Having Calderwood and Brady at the helm is is a really important. Colin and John, Colin yeah, and John, Colin and John. It's a really important <laughs> kind of element here that I think can't be underestimated in the fact that um, fans, as we are, are very connected to this club and we feel very passionately about this club, which is great. But I also think what that does in turn is that we are patient, more patient with those that we know have the best interests of the club at heart. Now, we know that John Brady and Colin Calderwood both have fantastic track records at this club. I know the stuff that went on with Brady last year, but that's kind of by the bite. Like that's that's quite, you know, that's that's said and done. But in terms of what he's done for our club um, and his commitment to our club and what Colin Calderwood did for our club many years ago, that's going to pay dividends because what's going to happen, I think, is that I hope this doesn't happen. But if we were not to have this, the start that we want and hope for, I think he, they've got more time on their side than any other manager would have or any other coaching team would have. Because we're going to know that we've, we believe as fans, I think the general consensus is we believe we've got the right people on board and we've got the right people at the helm. And I think that's going to buy them a few more games to get everything settled. Whereas this time last year, we knew that after 10 games, if Curl didn't produce what he needed to produce, he was going to be, his head was going to be on a stoke, wouldn't it? Well, it took longer than 10 games. No, I know. But but, (laughs) but do you know what I mean? Like after 10 games, had we have lost four games, drawn two games and you know only one a couple of the people were going to be like oh this we're not sure about this obviously it didn't turn out like that but you say 10 games don't you but I think they've got more than that because of the names and I think that's a good thing I think that's a really good thing yeah maybe I I I worry about that though for me personally I don't think you should Take it. This is why I didn't really want John Brady to get the job right this isn't anything against him whatsoever um I didn't want to lose him from the football club. I didn't want what was clearly something that was working for not just him, but also the club as a whole with the academy and his role there. I I didn't want to lose him from that. And there is an element of risk, the fact, and he knows that, of course he does. Being the first team manager of any football club comes with a risk of if you're not performing, then, you know, you're potentially going to get the sack. And he won't be going back into the academy if and when that happens. It will be goodbye, John. Um, and he won't be at the football club, for, uh, you know, for, for many years to come. So for me, that's why I don't particularly, you know, I, I was like, oh, I don't really want him to have the job. Let's get somebody else in and then work with, you know, John Brady, maybe either stepping up or just being more involved with the first team 
but still heading up the academy. I, I, a lot of people say last year, didn't they? A lot of people blame the fact that we didn't get rid of Curl quick enough for the reason why we went down. You know, essentially, you know, it took a long time for us to basically change direction. And who knows, had John Brady been given the chance earlier, then we might have stayed up. Might not, of course, but the worry for me is is that we leave it too long again this time around. And, yeah, I, I just don't want that to happen. And I don't think you can put that sentiment. There is no sentiment in football, and there shouldn't be, because it's a results-based business, whether you agree with the way that that is or not. But I do think that, essentially, if it was a case of that we weren't doing very well in those first 10 games and it it needed a change, then I think that change would have to be made. Um, I feel like we've gone very dark. No, I Season's think, not even started and we're talking can, about changing a manager. No, I think I see what Jeff is saying though because... I was talking it's, about the fan base, not the board, yeah, by the way. Yeah, I think Brady and Calderwood, it's a lot easier to get behind them, isn't it, than Carl? It's just the way it is. It's so much easier to get behind someone who's who knows the club inside out, who's got his heart on his sleeve and everything. And not, you know, there's not one way is better than the other, but there's nothing better than John Brady winning a game of football for this club because of what it means to him. Um, there's nothing, there will be nothing better then if John Brady is the one to take us up, it's a long way to go before we even start thinking about that. But I think it's worth taking the gamble on it and thinking if it happens, it's going to be such a good feeling for all of us. Like, you know what happened in the in the summer with, with England? Like the whole country got behind this group of players because they were different to what they used to and because it was different to the usual slog of like overhyped players. If this comes off and Brady gets us up or gets us clo- even close to going up and we have that journey with him, how good will that be? Because he's a he's in it for the club. He's not just in it for himself. How good would it be to see Mark Richards and Colin Calderwood and even Samo on the touchline celebrating wins and celebrating potential promotions and cup results and all this kind of thing? It just makes every little moment like that that 10 times better. Um, and I'm pretty excited by it, actually. I, th- I think it's a clean slate for everybody this season. Like we had such a awful season last season, it's easy to forget that Brady actually produced some pretty stunning results along the way in the second half. And I think he deserves a chance. And let's just enjoy the ride, I think, for the first bit. Anyway, I, th- I think you're right. And I will absolutely love it when on, you know, the, yeah, I'll absolutely love it when we beat them. But yeah, no, I, I do think you're right. I think the affinity that all of the coaching staff have with the club. I mean, you look at it, everybody that's come in has a connection already, don't they? You know, John Brady has been with the academy for many years. Rico has obviously been a player, had two spells with the club, um, and and then became a coach. Um, Coldwood obviously managed and, and, you know, prior prior to Sir Chris was the last person to win promotion for us. So, there's that, and then the, not forgetting Martin Foyle as well, who had such a big part to play in in the League Two Championship season. Mm-hmm. So every single one that's come in, and, and the goalkeeping coach as well, yeah, James A. Alger is that is it is that his name, Danny? Uh, he's yeah. come in, 
and he's come back, you know, he's coming having been away for a little while, but before um, he was with us in the academy setup. So it does, it, there is a feel good about it, isn't there? And there is that, as you rightly say, Jeff, there's that affinity. And I think you're right, the fan base will allow more time to be given I, yeah, I question the, whether the board would or not I don't know uh, yeah I, I think the board issue is separate but I think in terms of the uh the stands and the and the support from the stands and the ability to the ability to win the fans over is much easier and the ability to g those fans up when it's not quite going their way and not getting negativity pushed back if that makes sense so for example if things aren't going our way you you kind of would hope that the vast majority of the fan base would would have that element of trust which i think is really important in a in a football club is to be able to say do you know what we need we need to trust these people we need to trust that this is going to work and we need to work through this as opposed to just losing the faith because the faith was lost very early uh, last year and I think because it was like a long drawn out death in terms of our survival <laughs> but it was it yeah, was yeah. you know um poor Keith Curl it was almost inevitable for a long time for him for from our point of view but obviously he didn't go for a long time and I think that was detrimental to our fan base as well because that really brought the fan base into a really negative spiral and then we never got out of that even as much as Brady tried we couldn't get out of it. Yeah. I, one other thing that actually I think that I really hope doesn't change. It was so refreshing to hear honesty coming out of John Brady's post-match and, and pre-match interviews. You know, he was always very honest with the fans, I thought, about how he felt the club was performing on and off the pitch. And I, I hope that now that it's, a permanent position for him that that he doesn't kind of clam up a little bit with that. I want him to come out and be honest with us. I mean, that's that's part of why there's that affinity, affinity isn't there, between us and, you know, John Brady, the fans and John Brady. is because he came out and he said, look, you know, Chuck Wameka, um, Ricky Corbeau were prime um, examples here where he said after one of the games he was asked about why these players weren't playing, and he said that he basically couldn't trust them to do what he wanted them to do. If they're not going to do it on the training pitch, he can't put them into a match and expect them to do the things that he wants them to do because they're not doing that for him in training. I want that kind of honesty from him. So, yeah, if it is going wrong, which I hope it doesn't, I kind of want him to be like, you know what, that wasn't good enough. And this is what we're going to do to make that make that right. Rather than coming out with, and, and and I think we did suffer with this, and you know you two know this as better than anyone, and Neil will as well, of course, is that you know we had a good relationship with Keith Curl, and I think Keith Curl is a is a cracking guy. I always enjoyed spending time with him, but his way of speaking and not really giving and going around in circles and not really answering questions and, you know, almost tying yourself, you in knots when, you know, all you really wanted was a yes or no answer did get a bit annoying come, especially come the end of it. Yeah. Politicians as well, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Every time we lost, it was, it was that 
Yes. He didn't want to hear it, did you? So you're in this frustrated place of, I'm so angry, we've just lost. What's the manager going to do about it? What's he going to say about it? And it was like really bland answers and (laughs) stuff. And Brady came in, he was just so honest and it was a breath of fresh air. So I think I'm, I'm agreeing with you on that, that I think, it will be quite interesting to see the first few weeks if that carries on. And I'm hoping it does because it will endear him to the supporters even more and give him a bit even more of a chance to make it, I think. Absolutely. Uh, well, look, we'll talk a bit more about the pre-season results uh, in a moment. Would you like more It's All Cobblers to Me? Become a member of our fan club and get more podcasts, meetups, and access to our community Slack channel. Sign up at patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me from just £2 a month. We have two exclusive monthly podcast series, Meet the Staff and Extra Time, and play along with Danny's Quiz. For all that and more, go to patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me. Right, guys. So I think the only preseason game that any of us actually watched <laughs> was the Cobblers' three-two win over Birmingham City. Danny, I know yes. you were watching on the old stream that Birmingham put, put yeah. on. What what did you make of the Cobblers in that game? Were you impressed with what you saw? Yeah, I think I was actually. Overall, it was a pretty strong Birmingham team from what I've, what I know of Birmingham, which is relatively little but from the commentary team that was doing the Birmingham uh, commentary on the game it seemed like a fairly strong first team um we looked a lot more mobile than we have done before we used to use the midfield a lot more we're set out to attack and not just let things happen to us which is so refreshing <laughs> that we were using the wingers we were pacey we were going forward I think there isn't going to be that many problems apart from putting the ball in the back of the net. I think creating chances isn't going to be a problem. It's the converting them at the, at the moment, I think, is the sticking point. Um, defensively, I'm not as confident, but I think it just takes time. We're playing better opposition. It's, it's difficult to tell in a game like that. We, I think we struggle in the air a little bit sometimes from the, some of the goals that have gone in in pre-season, I think, in that game as well. But... Until the actual games kick off, it's, it's really hard to see. But I think there's promising signs for sure in terms of the tempo and the commitment that we're showing. Um, and that's the start, right? Oh, absolutely. I, I, I quite like how how much we're pressing and we're doing it high up the pitch as well, aren't we? I mean, obviously, um, Kabamba's goal against Birmingham is a prime example of that. He pressed and closed down the goalkeeper, didn't need to score his goal. Um, I really like the way that we're playing like that. I mean... Yes, it's going to leave us at times, I think, a bit open. But that's that whole thing, isn't it, of knowing when to press and knowing when to do it as a team. There's no point, and quite often this happens, obviously it's League Two, so you know I I realise that we're not watching the best footballers in the world or anything, but quite often what you'll see is you'll see a player like Danny Rose, for example, chase down a defender, but he's doing it all on his own. So literally all the defender's got to do is, I don't know, perform a, a little turn or he's just got to pass it off to the the player that's next to him and that takes the, that Danny Rose player out of the game then. You've got to do it as a unit, haven't you? You've got to do it as two, three or four players 
all pressing at the same time. And that looks to me like is what is happening, which is a real positive for me. Jeffy, I don't know about you. Yeah, I totally agree. I think actually um, the fact that we had, like Danny said, a bit of temper about us and the fact that our style of play, our style of play was almost unrecognisable in that Birmingham game in comparison to what it was in the first few games last year. I know it's a totally different level level in League One. We know that and we know it's a step down and therefore, I say this with bated breath, <laughs> easier, um, but not easier in the sense that we would win games easier, but it's easier to have that style. Um, and I, But I think the fact that we actually came out with such intent is so, so important. And I just think that we've got some, it's a bit like we know we've got something about us. Whereas actually for quite a while, I haven't really seen that in preseason or the first few games of the season, especially defense. I know Danny said, I'm not so sure about defense, but the defense this time last year, the first game of the defense was appalling, appalling. But the preseason was good last year defensively from what I remember. Little of the, what there was only like two games, wasn't there? I think preseason last time. But I seem to remember us thinking, Actually, defensively is not the problem. Attacking is, and we we're kind of the other way around. <laughs> yeah, we were so wrong. So um, it's got the Austins to me, the Dean Austin esque type yeah, feel yeah. to me, like the gung ho approach of we're going to go and score more than you, which is obviously a lot more exciting. But it's going to leave you with a jitters sometimes. Yeah, I think. absolutely. Um, could be a, a couple of. Ding dongs, dare I say it, Charles? Oh, hello. <laughs> I'm going to be bringing that out a few times, I think. Um, and I think the middle of the pitch is going to leave us really open. McWaza probably will deal with that quite well, hopefully. Um, but we'll see. It's, it's all we'll see, isn't it? It's like, what can you learn in pre season, really? Yeah. It's until that first game against our beloved friends from Port Vale. Um, who, who knows? <laughs> Beloved friends from Port Vale. I say that's so very, very sucker. <laughs> I'm trying to work out. I'm trying to remember who we did play in pre-season last year, but I've got no I can't. Idea. No, I think we um, played twice and then we played a cup game, the Cardiff Cup game, which we won 3-0 and got all excited about. Yes. Yeah, we did. <laughs> and and then went and drew two all, didn't we, on the opening day of the yeah, season? Yeah, I mean, that, yeah. Yeah, I mean... Yeah. For for me, I mean, it is one of those, isn't it, though, that, that I don't take an awful lot out of pre-season results. You know, I'm not going to go and get carried away at the fact that we beat Birmingham. Um, and I'm also not going to get carried away that we got beaten by Stamford either. It's just not, or, or Rushton, for that matter. You know, I don't really think that it's going to have that much of a bearing on on the current campaign i think what has much more of a bearing on on what will happen over the course of the league season especially to start off with is the fact that you know we we've got as you said earlier on danny i think the vast majority of the players have been in for a little while now that gelling will have hopefully have taken place already i mean they went away to an army boot camp didn't they for a couple of days last week that was fabulous to see um <laughs> i'm not sure whether it was was an army boot camp they were doing like these trust exercises and stuff weren't they yeah it did look like that didn't it <laughs> i mean i don't know you don't want them beasted do you let's be fair no, that's true we don't want that <laughs> um i just remember we played luton last preseason got hammered three nil okay mm. i can't remember who the other one was 
but anyway, so yeah, like that proves the point that it just doesn't matter really. Um, I think I think this is it. I mean, some people, and and I think it's it's probably fair to say because of the fact that you know there wasn't hasn't been any football. Some people aren't interested in international football, and that's fine. So some people will have been like, "Oh, there's been no football," so they they go along to friendly matches, um, or at least they pay attention to them. And you know, I think some people do get a little bit taken in by them. You know, mm-hmm. they they know that it's not a game that matters, but they'll still sort of go, "Oh no, I don't like the look of that player," or "That player is not very good." I mean, you know, preconceptions will always be there. I mean, some of them are formed by your own, um, you know, opinion of player. Benny Ashley Seal, I think, is a prime example of this. <laughs> people have their their preconceptions of him based on obviously seeing him last year. Um, although not in person. I mean, it could be that Benny Ashley Seal is one of these players that actually he needs a crowd watching him to perform. I don't think that you should have to have that, by the way, but you never know. The fact that there might be fans there may push him on to being a better player. I and hope so. Because yeah, I do too. I really and I want think... him to succeed. I really want I... to make a decent yeah. player out of this kid. He's just a kid. Absolutely. This is it, isn't it? I mean, he's come from playing in, uh, what do they call it? Is it Premier League 2 or something, which is Mm. basically the Premier League Reserve League, isn't it? Um, To then coming and playing in, well, a a poor League 1 side, as we were last season. The thing is, if a a striker's not getting the service, he ain't scoring goals. Do you know what I mean? So I think we kind of have to look at it through fresh eyes and just, just, I just want, us as a fan base to give him a chance give him a chance get behind him and hopefully he'll come good because he he could be a really decent player absolutely well look let's uh let's get some uh thoughts from you guys the listeners um you've been sending in your emails to it's all cobblers at gmail.com danny why don't you go and dip in the post bag oh i'm gonna dip my hand seeing as o'neill's not here i'm gonna dip dip in first should i be the first dipper Oh, well, yeah, go ahead, dip Uh, away. I've got an email from Kevin O'Brien, who says, back five looks settled already, which I assume he means the goalkeeper and back four, Mm. um, which I think is probably, yeah, we'll take your pick with the goalkeeper. I think it's probably Roberts and then Azamagaza, Horsfall, Guthrie and... uh, One of. One of. (laughs) So maybe it's not so settled, but we'll see. Anyway, Kevin goes on to say, not sure there's a playmaker in midfield and like others concerned about quality up front, can't see any of them getting double figures. January will be important and expect we'll target a goal scorer then if there's a chance of making the playoffs. Thank you, Kevin, for that. I think that's a good point. I would worry if we left it till January, if I'm honest. I think especially if Chuck goes, um, I'd still like us to sign another striker. Um, Yeah. Yeah, just as another option. I do think, though, that January often comes along. And if you're in a position like, so, I mean, if we go, and I know it's going back some, but if we go back to the league season where we won it in League Two, look at the additions that we made in that January transfer window that really bolstered the squad. James Collins coming in, um, Danny Rose, I think, did he come in during the, January as well. Yeah, the other one, yeah, the other Danny Rose. Yeah, yeah the other Danny Rose, yeah. Um, you know, they, they made a massive difference and pushed us through, didn't they? I mean, we had gone top, hadn't we, at that point? But I, I think that 
the point is, is that when you're in that kind of position where you're looking like you could go on and win promotion or better win the league, then you're going to do everything that you can to make sure it does happen. And the same goes for if you're in a relegation dogfight, you're more likely to go out and then spend uh, money getting players in. It's very unusual to sort of see a mid-table team that literally has got really nothing to play for go out and make several signings during January because they're not really going to make up that much, of a, you know, make a much of a difference to how that team is. And the team is probably just going, no, 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 we, we just need to look for next season and build for that. So they're probably looking more at going and getting signings that maybe they'll make in the in the summer transfer window rather than, I don't want to say emergency signings, but, you know, the ones that you sort of make as a, all right, we'll go and get this player in now because they will help us in the immediate future. Yeah, but I think the club becomes more attractive to signings as well on the other side of the coin, isn't it? Like if we're mm. seventh or eighth going into the last few months of the season, the club then suddenly looks a massive proposition to someone who can come in and make himself a hero and get us promoted. Um, and there's that side of it. Like to, to add little tweaks to it, I think what I worry about is us getting too far behind the mid-table and not being able to sign someone who's good enough, who not, not being attractive enough to someone who's good enough to make us push that bit further. Um, but yeah, so I, I personally just like it to be done. But get, is... it, get him in. Get I don't know who in. he is. I don't know who. Just get him in. Oh, just get him in, whoever it might be. Jeffy, have you got another one here for us? I have. I can relate to this one, I think, oh. which is great. So this person is called Nikki Withers. So it says, I can't wait. Renewed my season ticket. Didn't see a single game last season. Buzzing to be back at Sixfields. Still living in Bristol, so we'll be doing my usual 240-mile round trip. Wonderf- wonderfully. Hopefully, we will win... S- so it's one happy drive back. I will be driving that way, but I'll be doing an extra 110 miles on my round trip, my love. Go on, oh. Bristol. Go on, Bristol. Love that. Absolutely love it. Um, Richard Dewhurst has been in touch. And he says, uh, hi, guys. Um, okay, so having seen all but two of the preseason games, my thoughts are as much. Firstly, Pinnock... Koki are our best of the summer signings, in my opinion. Also seen some really good things from Roberts, mostly from the Cambridge game, and Dylan Connolly. Hard to pick out any duds, really. Perhaps McGowan? But time will tell. It's been hard to assess everyone just on pre-season with people coming and going off the bench. Two, looking forward to seeing more of our recent youth graduates. I've mentioned before, but I think Dyche looks really strong. Pollock also had a couple of good sessions as well. Would like to see some of them get run-ins on the subs bench. Um, third point is uh, my only concern has been some slight wobbliness in defence. Could that be a lack of gel time? Not many clean sheets, and we did concede a fair number of goals over the games. There's been the odd error. Someone, I can't remember who, made an error that resulted in the goal for Forrest. And the Cambridge penalty yesterday was the result of a poor back header by McGowan. But no team is ever immune from mistakes. 
predictions. He's not one for these, Rich says, but he thinks that we'll get a top 10 finish, but he's not bold enough to predict promotion or a playoff push. Uh, my heart wants automatic promotion. My head says a decent season in League 2 with a sniff of playoffs to bring some stability. And P.S., I really hope Salford don't win the league. They ain't going to win <laughs> no, the league. Newport will be more chance of winning that league. <laughs> I've seen your predictions, Jeffy, and you're, I'm not going to reveal anything, but oh. Salford are not in your good books, are they? Oh, no, predictions I don't, yeah. later in the week. <laughs> Looking I, forward to I, that. I can't remember what I predicted now. Oh, that's good. Well, don't worry. Ah, <laughs> yes. We've got a little I, while before I, we have to. <laughs> I, did, I do know. <laughs> Okay, well, look, that's it. Thanks very much for listening. Our next podcast will be the recording of the Fans Forum with John Brady, Colin Coldwood and Mark Richards. Uh, It will be out on either Wednesday or Thursday. It just depends on when I can get it sorted and uploaded for you. I will do my very, very best to get it out as soon as possible, uh, I promise. If you're going, then do let us know your thoughts on all of the answers that we cover, all of the questions, everything that we go through. You can tweet us at at cobblers to me or send us an email to itsallcobblers at gmail.com. And while you're in the mood of typing little things up, also go ahead and leave us a little review on Apple Podcasts or podchaser.com, would you? That would be lovely. Absolutely brilliant. Um, That's it. We're all off to the fans forum now. Um, We're going to go and have a chat with John Brady, Colin Coldwood and Mark Richards. It's going to be a lovely old evening. Do come and join us. There's the cup. There's the pictures you'll see on tomorrow's back pages. The Cobblers are going through into Division 1. Bring them on because we deserve it. podcast is a proud member of the fan hub 100 football without fans is nothing so we've partnered with fan hub to put fans first search fan hub app to play your part in the journey support the podcast on patreon by joining the it's all cobblers to me fan club Every month, you'll receive access to exclusive bonus content, such as our Meet the Staff series, hear our player interviews before anyone else, and be invited to regular meetups. By joining the fan club, you'll be helping us to continue our sponsorship of NTFC women's player Abby Bruin and enable us to keep the podcast and all our other content going to the high standards you expect. To join the fan club, go to patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me. Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.